What's all the buzz about in the design industry? You'll find out soon. My name is Anthony Holm, and I am the founder and creative director of Studio 321B Limited. We're a Toronto-based studio that designs and creates some of the most magnificent bespoke area rugs. Good morning and welcome to Bespoke with Anthony Hellman. Today we're here with the Queen of Design, Rebecca Hay. I am so excited. How are you? <laughs> I'm wonderful. A Queen of Design. Wow, that is high praise. I don't know about that, but I appreciate it. <laughs> You're extremely talented, extremely knowledgeable, and you know what? Very well respected. So what can I tell you? I think that's queen status to me. Right? Like, likewise, Anthony. Likewise. Thank You're the you. queen and the king, both okay. of the carpet world. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank well, you. Thank you. Thank you for having me back again. It's always my pleasure. You know what? You're so insightful. You have so much information. You have so much energy and so much to give. It makes it exciting. It's great. So let's dig into the first question. So for the last six years, you've been using a business model that's really, really cool. I mean, I was fascinated by it, where you just show your clients a specific product or something specific, and you keep it mainstream instead of like showing 20,000 products, confusing everybody, everybody just go, whoa, what's going on? So tell us about that. Yeah, so it's funny because I was recently at your event, and we'll talk about that because it was amazing, but we started talking about this, and I realized, I guess, I don't talk about it enough because you'd not heard me talk about this before, but what I learned over many years of trial and error is that oftentimes... As designers, we don't trust our own skill set. We don't trust our instincts. We don't trust that we're making the right decisions. We're insecure. Maybe it's because, you know, we're more junior at it, but we tend to feel like we need to give clients tons of options. Like, I'm going to give you three options, so that'll help you pick. And it, it almost, what it does is it puts the onus on the client to decide what looks best versus the onus on you. And in some ways you're passing the buck by giving them a lot of options. And what I actually learned is giving too many options actually confuses your client. You know, when I started out running my own design firm, I didn't have a process. I didn't, I, I just basically brought my clients along for the ride. I'd show up at their house. I'd bring carpet samples from you. I would have fabric samples. I'd have pictures of different sofa styles. I would literally be sitting on the floor at their coffee table, you know, laying everything out and saying, well, if we did this fabric, then I think this would be a really great area rug. We can do a cup rod loom from Anthony, of course, you know, we do a custom coffee table, this sofa with these legs, you know, this would be great. But wouldn't it be also like, if you, oh yeah, you like that floral? I know. I love that floral. I mean, we could do that as the chairs, but if we do the floral as the chairs, we can't do that patterned rug, right? Because they're going to, they're, and you know, I'm basically walking my clients through my design process, like my internal the whole genius of what I do, I was doing for them to be a part of. And most of the time, my clients would just defer back to me and say, well, what do you think? Like, well, I like both. And I just wasn't secure enough in my own ability. Uh, I was nervous to maybe make a decision. What if the client doesn't like what I suggest? And so projects would drag on, hourly would drag on, we wouldn't get decisions. And it was not fun. And so what I do now is I present my clients one option. And I know the first time I heard this idea, I was like, that's crazy. Like you need to give clients options. Like I can't read their mind. How do I know what they're going to like? But the reality is 
if you show them the best option based on all the information that you gather from your client, which is their likes, do they like silver? Do they like gold? Do they like florals? Do they like geometrics? You know, do they like wall paneling? Do they like mid-century? Like you gather all that information. That is your job to do that. Then you can work on pulling together what you think is the best fit. I always tell my clients at the very beginning, listen, I'm not one of those design firms that's gonna drag you around. We're not gonna show you a million options. It's very confusing. What I like to say is we put our best foot forward, meaning that when, when you come to our studio for a presentation, we're gonna show you what we think is the best design for your home, and we will have some backup options. Anthony, the first time I did this, I was so nervous. I was like, my heart was racing, and I'm like, what if they don't like it? I don't know. I'm like, I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it. And they came in. We presented their entire condo. It was for a condo project, like three bedrooms, a kitchen, a living room, like powder room, ensuite, the whole nine yards. And I was like, oh my God. Okay. So it's going to be this fabric with this. I think I may have given one option for the bedroom. And they were like, oh, wow, we love it. I'm like, what? I mean, you had no input. Like, I'm like, in my head, I'm thinking, how could you possibly love it? And after they left, my operations manager at the time, who was older and wiser, said to me, Rebecca, they came to you because they don't freaking know what they want. You just showed them something beautiful and look how much time you saved and so many headaches that you saved. So that's how I operate now. I wish, you know, they did give me one option and it really worked. Like I'm totally on page with you because, you know, when people come to us, okay, especially to do our custom creations, like something that we're so specialized at, it gets confusing when there's so much input. I mean, we ran into a situation where we're remaking the CADs, we're remaking this, we're remaking that. And then we go back to the original. It's just like, hello. So I can totally realize, I mean, that was part of my sales technique through, you know, some of the other companies that I work for too. It's like, I'm going to show you the best option based on what you're telling me because I'm retaining your information. So we ask the questions and you know, I, I, I think you're so great at it. Like when you show something, you know, people really shine. It's like, it's beautiful. And she knows what she's talking about. It makes a world of difference. Like if mm -hmm. you're constantly second guessing yourself, it's like, Oh, you know what? Like, what are they going to think? Who, who really cares? Like, you know, the bottom line is that you're creating something beautiful and you're guiding them based on your years of experience, right? Well, it's like, think about any other, any other professional that you would hire. Like, for example, you have a team doing your podcast. They didn't say, well, we could use Riverside. We could use Zoom. We could use this program or we could use that program. What do you think, Anthony? You're like, probably you're, you're thinking, well, I don't know. Like, that's why I hired you. Which program is the best for my podcast? And then they would likely say, this program and you'd say, great, let's move on. And so I think sometimes we forget that people are hiring us because we're professionals and we have that experience or we have just an innate ability. Because also think about it with interior design or decorating, it is very time consuming to design an entire space, to do the AutoCAD, to do any renderings, to do all the selections, to price everything out. I say to designers all the time, if you're giving options, you're essentially doing two designs. Are they paying you double? <laughs> right? 
you're doing you're doing the job yeah. twice. Now it's different if it's just like, oh, you could substitute. Sometimes we'll do this. Like we have a wild card fabric for a headboard. And we're like, well, they may not go for it. Let's have a backup substitute, which we can show them so they can pick. That's different. But if you're showing them two whole different design schemes, I hope you're charging them enough money to cover your time. And most people are not. Exactly. And you know what? I mean, having service designers for close to 30 years, uh, people don't appreciate time. Like they think, you know what? I'm entitled to get so much information out of you. And then you want to bill me for it. That's not, you know, cool. I think the mentality is changing today, but, you know, based on my past experiences, that was one of the largest issues that came to plate. It's like, you know what? They don't want to pay me for my time, but that's the most important component. It's your time because you're putting something so wonderful together. You're giving them this feeling of love and creating memories and comfort. It's just, you know, it's amazing. And time has to be paid for. Yeah. It's that I mean, simple. most designers, I mean, we could go on and oh, that's a whole other conversation, but are not, are simply not charging enough for their design services. They're just not charging enough for their time and they're struggling to be profitable. I know that was me when I first started out. I was constantly in the red, which is an accounting term for anyone who's listening, which means I um, was not making a profit. I was operating at a loss and then I would owe money to the government. I would owe my taxes and my accountant would be like, oh, Rekha, you have to pay like $5,000 in corporate tax. I was like, well, I don't have that money. Where am I supposed to? I don't have that money. <laughs> I spent that money. Right. Because I'm not charging yeah. enough and I needed it. I, and you know what? I totally agree. And I love your business seminars because you're just direct and it's like, this is what you need to do. Okay. Your time is money. You need to be profitable. And I mean, we all need to be profitable. Like, listen, I have the love of creating these really cool rugs, but if it's not profitable, why am I doing it? Like to hang them on my own wall, like straight out. Right. You know, I would enjoy them, yes, but well, I <laughs> prefer to be profitable. You know, talking about... That it's a yeah, hobby. Totally. Yeah, it's a hobby then. And, you know, just yeah. getting on this topic of profitability, how are you finding the market? Like, what what are you feeling? I mean, you know, I know that they're using the R word and there's nothing wrong with it. We're there. But, you know, there, I'm sure that there's still a lot mm. of profitability out there because there are clients that really do want change and you know they want design they want great spaces how are you finding this crazy economy talk to me i mean listen it's definitely slowed down i think that you know the the industry the construction industry and the the core industry that we're in is it's almost like we're a lagging indicator of economic growth meaning that we're getting it a little bit after the other industries because if you think about it all of the ceos lost their jobs, right? Not all of them, but a lot of people were laid off. A lot of executives were laid off. Hiring managers were laid off. People, you know, it started to affect different industries. Meanwhile, here we are over, the rest of us over here the last year have been like, woo, we're still flying high because all those people had already paid for projects, hired their designers. And so those projects have still been going through. What I'm seeing now, and I see a lot of designers, I've got like over a thousand designers inside my online community is that the work is not coming the way it was. And so the projects are now ending and it's like, oh shoot, where's my next project coming from? But I, I think that, and you can relate to this because you've been around long enough to seen the ups and downs and know what the industry was like before. I keep reminding designers like focus on your business, 
get it strong, make sure you're profitable. Because the reality is before the pandemic, and for those who just started their business in the last two years, you haven't seen this, but it, it, this is, we're getting closer, I think, to what it used to be like. It wasn't crazy five inquiries a week. It was, you know, I don't actually know where my next project's coming from. But then guess what? In a couple of months, a project materializes. And so there was always this kind of scarcity, feast and famine. And we're kind of going back, I think, to what it was. Designers are definitely feeling it. I know vendors are feeling it right now. I have people reaching out to me almost on the daily through Instagram saying, hey, do you have any projects? Hey, you want to work with us? That tells me that they don't have a lot of work. And so, yeah, it's it's a crummy place to be right now. It's scary. It can be nerve-wracking. So focus in on the clients you have. Focus on the past clients. Like there's so many marketing tactics that I've talked about in my community. Like what are the little things we can do right now to sort of generate business to keep us afloat, if you will, into the new year when things are going to start to pick up? How are you feeling, Anthony? What are you seeing? Because you see a lot of designers in what you do I too. do. And you know what? Projects are lagging. We're taking different approaches as well. We are starting to go into distribution channels. I mean, being an entrepreneur is constantly evolving and, you know, moving into different channels. Like, we're very grateful that we're, we're, we just signed a huge account and... If it really flows the way I see it, I mean, we're talking North American distribution on some of the products that we created, but it's more the generic products. We will be private labeling them. To me, it's not a big deal. You know what? I'd rather their label on it, that money in the bank account, than my label on it. The custom rugs we're taking to different levels. Like, I want to do more of those gallery events. But you know what? Overall, it's kind of slow and it's scary for sure. I mean, you know what? We all need to pay bills, we need to keep food on the table. And, you know, the one thing, like sometimes as an entrepreneur, you kind of take it personally. It's like, what am I doing wrong? Like, what can I be doing better? Like, you know, why don't they remember me? I offer this great service. I offer great advice. I'm there to back them. It's like, you know, but then you look at it and it's like it is the economy it's like you know what things are standing still people really don't want to part with that money right now because there's a level of uncertainty and you know it is what it is like but as an entrepreneur well, congratulations you sorry what was that i love i said i said congratulations on landing such a big account that's amazing well, I'm crossing my fingers. I'm saying a lot of prayers. Okay. I'm taking my vitamins to, what I need to do to make sure that we get in there. Okay. But it, thank you, Rebecca. I'm yeah. very grateful. I mean, I know that you've been one of my biggest supporters from the beginning and I just love dealing with you. I mean, it goes beyond the business level with us. It's a friendship. It's, you know, we can bounce things off each other and it's just special. It's magical. And I really appreciate it. So, you know, but hopefully this launch goes really well in January and we get out there, we get our PET products out there, which are like five years in development. Nobody's producing anything like it. We've gotten sizal that, you know, the PET that looks like sizal that's not scratchy, that's not, you know, and yeah. And with the art rugs, I mean, I definitely want to do the New York design show next year. Cause I think we have something so special and we really need to show it in that that environment or that ambiance. I mean, you know, we have great Canadian clients who appreciate our artwork, like, you know, the Jim Morris that you saw at the show is going into the 
blue bovine. So we're, we're excited about that. But, you know, I think New York is a different kind of exposure. It's full of creativity. It's full of life. It's full of like, hey, man, I love it. I want to have it. And who cares? Right. So that's that's the thing. We were also talking about your business direction. So maybe, you know, give us a little bit of feedback on that. Yeah, I just... I also just want to I just want to add to something you just said because I think what something you just said was really we was powerful is that you said, you know, our relationship, our vendor relationship is so much more than just business. It's become a friendship and I I just feel like that's a really important nugget that we breezed over for designers listening. It's so much like continuing to get business and service your clients in the way that you want to deliver and that you want those referrals, the best way that you're going to be able to do all those things is by having strong vendor relations. And it's actually interesting that you say that because this morning we're working on a design project and we got lots of samples from you. And I was actually thinking today about how I want to talk to my designers about the power of, you know, finding vendors Nobody's going to be perfect. People are going to make mistakes, but that doesn't mean you go to the next, you don't keep searching for the next available carpet guy, let's say, for example, or the next like, oh, I'm not working with them anymore. They screwed up. I'm going to go to a different plumbing supplier. When you can work with someone, obviously you want to find people with integrity, but when you find someone like you, Anthony, who has integrity, who, who can service your clients, you want to keep them close. You want to give them repeat work so that when the shit hits the fan, apologies for swearing, they've got your back. And I can't tell you how many times, Anthony, you specifically have had my back in situations where I was like, oh, shoot, you know what? We, we screwed up. And you, you, and you always say, how can we work together to find a solution? And so finding those key partners is going to make running your business easier. It's going to make it more enjoyable. And when I get new designers on my team, I always say like, we have a list of where to go sourcing for different things. And I say, start here. So if you're looking for carpets, start at studio 321B. If you can't find what you're looking for, come back to me and we'll see what we can do. If you're looking for custom furniture, start here. You know, like I I don't want to spend hours and hours shopping the city trying to find the best deal, air quote. It's about finding the right people. So I just, I think that that's really valuable. And I think what you're doing with this podcast also just speaks to your integrity and how much you care about the industry, because I think that's so important. And and to answer your question about for me and my business evolution, you know, I have a podcast. So guys go listen to my podcast. It's called Resilient by Design. It's business advice for interior design firm owners and professional development, but also personal development. I, mean, I could be a little woo-woo, but I what, I what I'm realizing over the last few years since I've had my podcast and since I've had my online courses is that designers are really craving that community. They're craving that connection. And, you know, we saw that connection when I went to your event the other week, you know, it's like getting to talk to other designers and it's not always possible to do these connections in person. And so a lot of it happens online and I'm what I'm developing right now that we will be announcing in January because it's not fully fleshed out. We're working on the details though, is a way for interior design firm owners who are looking for connection, who are looking for education. Maybe they want to do a workshop. They want to connect with vendors. They want to learn from experts that are in different industries, a way to bring us all together at a very 
a reasonable price so that we can be in community together. So that's something that I'm going to be announcing in January. Um, so I'll, I'll share a little bit more when it comes because I think there's so much power in connecting. I mean, I, I got my first designer bestie through my cousin. And for many years, it was just me and Jesse, right? And I would send her a proposal and and that was before, like, not before the internet, but you know what I mean? It was before there was any really online space to connect. And wouldn't it be so amazing to have those designer besties at your fingertips when you need them? And so that's something that I'm working on right that's now. That's amazing. That is really amazing. And making it affordable for a bigger marketplace is even more amazing. I mean, it's all about connection. I totally agree. I go to these seminars and you know what? I could be low energy in the morning, have my coffee by like, the first hour, it's like, wow, okay, here's a lot of like-minded people working with me, you know, bringing these fabulous ideas of these business breakthroughs. And it's like, great. And it's about community and support. I mean, that's all it's about. Like, you know, I'm very grateful for everything you do for us. You know that 150%. Okay. And yeah, we're always there for you because you're our community. You're a family. Okay, you're part of our, you know, structure, like, if we mess up, you know, this, okay, I'm first to come up and say, Hey, Rebecca, guess what, we messed up, we're going to clean it up. Okay, if you make a mistake, it's like, yeah, we're going to work through it with you. I mean, as long as it's reasonable, like, let's not get crazy, like where we make a custom rug. And all of a sudden, you know what, we made it to your specification. And we have to swallow it. That's not reasonable. That's insane like you know we're there we'll help you replace we'll help you do whatever but you know there's only so much we can do i mean i'm not the bank of canada wish i was you know like lots of you know cash flowing around right but yeah but we're there for you and we always stand by you no matter what like it, it is what it is because we yeah. appreciate you we value you you're a great resource to us you're you're more, you're a friend. Like, I mean, who else can I do like this Pulp Fiction dance with at a show and feel comfortable, right? Right? <laughs> yeah, we yes. did do that. I don't think that made it on, did that make it on Instagram? I don't know. Oh, let's just have some fun and not take ourselves so seriously. But that's something you can only do once you get to know somebody. And if you're working with different vendors with every project, you're never going to get to know those people. Exactly. And I fully agree with that. Yeah. And, and, yeah. Any words of advice to upcoming designers? Like any last thoughts? Oh, yeah. I mean, if you are, if you're in school right now, or if you've just graduated, or maybe you've just started your design firm, hey, heck, maybe you've been in at it for a few years, but you just don't feel like you're where you want to be. Give yourself some grace. Have some patience. It takes time. You know, it's not something that is, you're not going to necessarily land your dream job in the first year, take the projects that come your way, be flexible, do the work, put in the time and, and really connect with others who can help, who can help you grow. And that, that to me is a huge, like if we can learn from each other's mistakes, I mean, obviously listen to podcasts, educate yourself, listen to this podcast, listen to my podcast, like get the information, absorb as much information, connect with other designers, meet designers who are at your level and maybe even a little bit further ahead. And that's what I think is so valuable about community is when someone's a little bit further ahead than you, you can learn so much from them. 
right? Because they're just like a couple steps ahead and you can learn, oh, I'm going to do it this way. Oh, I don't have to do it that way. Oh my goodness. What do I do in this situation? And when we can lean on each other, um, I think that that is really powerful. Attend industry events. When they happen, go. It's intimidating. I get it. I used to hate them. I used to feel like I wasn't cool enough. I used to feel like I didn't have the nicest clothes. I wasn't fashionable. I wasn't popular. Nobody knew who I was. I was nervous to even say that I was a designer. Like it's so crazy when I look back on it, but push yourself out of your comfort zone, show up, go to events, be in community and give yourself some grace. It does take time. So if you're feeling like for those of you who are new and you're like, uh, I don't know if this is for me. It's just like, I'm not there yet. You will be. It's about consistency and continuing to keep trying when you fall down, keep getting back up and getting back up. I mean, there's so many, there's so many um, well-known people in the world that talk about that, right? Like business is just, you keep going. It's like, no one's an overnight success. It's an overnight success 10 years in the making, right? You look at any of these successful design firms, either in Toronto or internationally, and yeah, they didn't just hit it after two years. And if they do, it's hard to sustain that success. So just remind yourself, you are doing everything right. Keep, keep on, keep on keeping on. That's my like little pep talk. <laughs> Fantastic. You know, it, it is about consistency. It's a long-term journey. It's not an overnight success. And if it is an overnight success, it usually falls really quickly because the foundation isn't built properly. I remember one of my mentors once yeah. telling me I was so frustrated. It's like, oh my God, you know, I'm doing everything I need to do. You know, it's the pity me party, right? Back in the day when you're younger, he said, every master was once a disaster. He said, look at it that way and <laughs> move it. forward. And you know what? It's some of the best advice I've had. I'm writing that down in my notebook right now. Every master was once a disaster. I freaking love that. And I will add to that. I will add to that, that my motto, and I say it all the time, is progress over perfection. It's hard as a creative. We look for perfection in everything we do, but it's not going to be perfect. You just got to start. You just got to keep moving forward. You know, if you wait forever, you're never going to get there. So progress over perfection and every master was once a disaster. I wrote it down. I love it. I love it. Love it. Totally. Thank you for being our host today on Bespoke. It's always a pleasure and I can't wait for us to do our next one. <laughs>